Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pigskin Preview presented by Bet the Farm Podcast and sponsored by Tanks Solar Solutions LLC. Help the earth, help your wallet, tell the farmer, fade the monopolies. Good luck to all. I am Dino the Pig, joined by my brother, the farmer, joined by the burn dog, JP. You like that? That little wrinkle, fade the monopolies? Yeah, monopolies. I mean, monopolies are what ruins capitalism. So we want no part of monopolies here. And at Tank Solar Solutions, we help you eliminate those monopolies. Things you love to hear. Wesley, what's cooking, my dude? Just uh, licking my wounds after last week. I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah. Well, a lot of people that aren't last named Plotnik, who had a great week and all around a great betting week on the pigskin preview for week six for our crew. A nice early 26 and 17 win week. I love to see it really helped boost those numbers, but it's not about boosting the numbers for us. It's about putting money in the pockets. All right. As everybody knows what we do on the pigskin preview, we dive right into every single game on the week seven slate. Give you our favorite plays on the outright, the over-unders, maybe even some player props. Definitely going to have a teaser for everybody after I bounce back last week with a teasing winner. But don't tease me too soon, and we'll keep riding into it. And before we get into that, we always start with our red card of the week. We get our anger out of the way nice and early because, golly, things always just happen to go wrong And I got to start first and foremost with Wesley Bernero, who has accumulated at least 12 player prop injuries on overs that have lost. It's just getting ridiculous at this point, but I mean, I've never (laughs) had a season where I've gone through this. So, I mean, regression to the mean has to be coming at some point. You, You can't just stop what you're doing because I mean, it's stick to the process. You got to. It's an anomaly. It's a, it's an anomaly. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. So I'm just hoping that eventually things start to tear my way and uh, I'm not going to give up on the overs. Can't. So what's the red card then? Who, who really gave it to you the worst? Who are we? If anybody hasn't listened to the Pay Skin Preview or Bet the Farm podcast, our red card of the week, it's as if you are the referee in a soccer match and you are kicking someone off the pitch because they obviously did something dirty. They spurned another team, another player, something in some way, and they've got to go. What's your red card of the week? Who's got to go? Uh, the red card of the week goes to myself at this point for continuing to bet on <laughs> 12 uh, player prop injury losses. But, I mean, what can you do about Skylar Thompson getting his hand cut by a helmet and then Teddy proceeding to play the rest of the game? I mean, that's, it's just getting ridiculous, but red card of the week goes to me for continually pushing those overs. <laughs> yeah. I think we talked last week about this and I even mentioned, I was like, maybe throw a few unders in there, you know, it can't hurt. And you're like, no, I like my edges on my overs. Well, you know what the edge was? It was a, a, the edge of a fucking sword that is bladed to a T and you were just getting burned off of that. The edge of that helmet was pretty fucking sharp, I guess. i'll follow up with my red card of the week and this one really pissed me off and wes knows it obviously we live together for anybody that doesn't know but (laughs) i was watching 
Thursday night football and I bet, and I mentioned, or I don't know what day was it. I don't know. I talked about Brian Robinson, take his under of yards and under of carries and both were looking fucking primo in the greatest spot ever. I think the under was 13 and a half. He had 11 carries. And on top of that, Washington is losing. So I'm expecting, you know, the negative game script. They're going to throw the ball a lot, right? They're not going to run the ball right here. So it all works out. Five minutes left in the game. Washington punts the ball to Chicago, who has the lead. Chicago, all they need to do with five minutes left is get two first downs, maybe not even, maybe not even, maybe a first down, maybe two. And if they did that, then Washington never gets the ball back at all. Or if they do get the ball back, they're in negative game script, long down distance, and they're not running the ball. Instead, they punt the ball. And on his own 10-yard line, the Chicago punt returner fumbles the fucking ball. Instead, Brian Robertson gets two carries on the goal line, scores. Then they go three and out Chicago, punt it back to Washington. Washington runs the ball five more times to Brian Robertson. The worst fucking beat you could have. And when you've got like a really good opportunity to just cash that W, that one hurt. I was really pissed. So my red card goes to the punt returner for the Chicago Bears. JP, what burned you? Yeah, you know, like you can have a 15 and four week and still give yourself a red card again. I mean, two of those four losses going on the Dolphins. And that's what happens when you prematurely take them without knowing your left tackles and big ball, big difference in the Dolphins team when you have um, no Taron Armstead. I could just make excuses and say the next Tom Brady got hurt in the first quarter that burned the burn dog, but I'm not going to use that. No, I'm, I'm striving for perfection. Uh, four, 15 and four isn't good enough. I, I need to be better. So red card of the week again to myself for um, not getting the Dolphins game right. Fair enough. Everybody needs to look themselves in the mirror and decide who they are, what they are, and how they are going to change their betting perspective. Now, before we jump right into our recap, and we should recap quickly, I try to, but before I do, I want to throw in a new segment that I've never, we've never talked about on the show, but it's a new thing. I want each of us to give our favorite betting team. It, it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's the Falcons that are just winning against the spread at all times. What team do you absolutely love and what team do you absolutely hate on a betting market? So... Yeah, I oh, think we, Wes, we, I think we, you we all know mine. We all we all know mine, and that's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. But I'm going to have to give a a hard run, runner up to a team that I was absolutely dead wrong on this season, and that's the Seattle Sea Chickens coming through for me again with plus three. Those two teams have to be my two favorite bets weekly. the The boogies just keep fading them, and I'm going to keep taking the points because you know what, Brandon? I looked myself in the mirror. And I thought about <laughs> that 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 video of that kid getting interviewed, and I looked at myself and I said, you know what, dog. Bird dog. dog, dog. We need more dogs, and we're taking the fucking dogs this week. Uh, that's that's my motto this week. I'm all over the fucking points. Who's everywhere. your least favorite team that you like? You look at the board and you're like, oh man, I want nothing to do with this team, whether that's against or for the like the spread. 
it's got to be the Giants this year for me, man. It's just like, I hate them so much. Like they're, they keep winning and they keep covering spreads and it's, it doesn't make any sense. And I just don't want anything to do with their games at this point. Like I can't get a, I can't get a read on them. I thought they were going to break down. They should have broken down until Lamar Jackson threw an absolute terrible pick to get, get them back in the game. And they still lose the game, but they, they end up covering the spread because of a, a, a late interception. But I, I just I'm out on betting on Giants games. I can't stand it. My least favorite easily right now goes to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you're expecting this team with Super Bowl aspirations favored in almost every single game that they play in. I mean, honestly, whatever Tua did to that team scarred them for life because they have just not been the same ever since that game. And they have been burning me week in and week out. So I absolutely I am scared shitless of the Baltimore Ravens. And we'll talk about that game, obviously a little bit longer in terms of teams that, you know, well, I I guess that was a team I hate. I'm just going to go with the double hate here. Almost like a red card. Like anytime I see the Panthers on the board, I just want nothing to do with that game. Like literally I just don't have any interest, (laughs) especially in a week like this, you know, they're on their like third string quarterback. PG Walker left the game last week. He's, Still expected to be the starter this week, even though Sam Darnold was activated from the IR. And I just, every time I see their name in, in with spread numbers, I just like, I don't want to take it because they're always underdogs, but like they kind of keep games close. It's so fucking weird. So, okay. Thank you, Siri. I appreciate that. Here's what I found. I'm a fucking loser when I bet on Carolina Panthers games. So thank you, Siri. Jared, favorite team to bet on, least favorite team to bet on. Hold, hold on, Brandon. What happened to the Ravens was they caught all 10 inches of Polynesian fucking power from fucking Tua, and they haven't been the fucking same since. Well, that's, that's kind exactly of what, what I, that's what I alluded to, but I will say on a side, if you order Polynesian sauce at Chick-fil-A, I am not your friend guy. Honestly, you either go Buffalo, you go Chick-fil-A sauce, or you know, even the Texas Pete, I can use some of the other, whatever mustard sauces. But if honestly, if you order Polynesian sauce at Chick-fil-A, you have ruined your meal. You may as well go to fucking Baskin Robbins and order a goddamn fucking, a fucking Sunday with goddamn drizzled syrup all over it, because that's what you're doing to your fucking meal with goddamn Polynesian sauce ruins everything. Yeah, I heard uh, Lamar Jackson's favorite sauce at Chick-fil-A is uh, Polynesian sauce. Well, no wonder. Golly, it all fucking adds up. I'm, you know what? I might have to add the Browns plus six and a half this week in a divisional matchup, but we'll get to that. Jared, favorite team to bet on, least favorite team? All right, I'm focused on winners, so I'll make this quick. We're going with the Falcons because they just keep covering for me. And we'll go with the Panthers because they keep not covering for me. All right, back to you, Brandon. Well, that's literally what I was looking for. All right, let's start with Thursday night football. We've got the New Orleans Saints plus two and a half at the Arizona Cardinals laying two and a half points. The over-under is 44 here. Guess what? I got a nice early start. Ah, you know what? Excuse me. I wanted to get into my play, but I forgot to give everybody a quick recap. And I'm not going to go game by game, but here's what we're going to do real quick here. I was eight and six last week. All time puts me at 32 and 26. That's a 55% winning clip. Wesley was four and seven. I'm sure he doesn't want to dive too deep into it, but 22 and 16 all time. That's 58%. Jared, 15 and four week. That is all time. 45 and 24, 66%. Tell me 
quickly how you did that and the reasons why people should be tailing, doubling their unit sizes and not. Yeah, well, this is why when you have higher conviction plays, you go two units instead of one. Um, four and oh in two unit plays. That's kind of how I did it. Nick Chubb, 93 and a half. I love that under. I, I expounded upon why I loved it. Sirwin Smythe getting ruled out for the game. Maybe on Gesicki over 17 and a half yards. That catch. What a, catch what a call there. <laughs> that was the awesome. first quarter. You know, Benjamin, the second they ruled out Connor and uh, Daryl Williams over 23 and a half receiving yards. That just stuck by, but it's a hey, cash is a cash. And that's why you get to lines early and you get that CLV and the Falcons plus six. That line was just disrespectful. I, I can't believe that line. They went out right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to dive into the rest. They're just one unit bangers, but you had to focus, focus, focus and hit when you have conviction on um, higher upside, higher percentage plays. Wesley, yeah, two, a few, yeah, I'll send it to you, but quickly, here. quickly, quickly. Yeah, a few weeks ago, you had a three unit banger. And so explain to people why, you know, trying to double, triple down, quadruple down on a single bet is important. Yeah, I mean, it really, it, 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 it all comes down to your bankroll and managing a bankroll, right? So if, if we find an edge, we want to, we want to take as much advantage of that edge as possible. So we're going to add a unit or we're going to add two units. Uh, and we're always going to use the banger at the end, you know, the two unit banger, the three unit banger, just to spice it up a little bit, but uh, really to the listeners, when you, you hear us use that phrasing, make sure you double your unit size because that's going to affect your overall bankroll, uh, throughout the process. And secondly, I do need to improve my record to five and seven because I tailed the farmer on Eno Benjamin last week uh, and I missed that. So thank you for reminding that, reminding me of that uh, farmer. I'm here for absolutely noted. All right, let's jump right into the slate. Shall we? We got a big slate. There are a few buys of course, that does simplify things a little bit, but we start with Thursday night football, New Orleans Saints at the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals minus two and a half. You know what? I'm going to start right off and I've got it. I can't believe the Cardinals are minus two and a half because your boy shopped and early in the week, got the Cardinals minus one. The sharps are feeling the exact things that I'm feeling and that this is a great opportunity for the Cardinals at home on a short week. Look, let's jump right into it. We got Deandre Hopkins is coming back. They just signed or traded, I guess for Robbie Anderson those additions are going to help this offense a lot more than people really realize because on top of that, they have AJ green, Rondell Moore and Zach Ertz. I mean, those are the weapons that are there for Kyler to, to attack. Like on top of like, there's no Marshawn Lattimore this week. He's hurt for new Orleans. Like this secondary is susceptible and we've got a full slate of weapons for Kyler to go to this week. I think that this could be great. Their D has been getting carved up by opposing number one receivers. So I expect a huge game from D hop in his first game back. Cliff Kingsbury came out and he just honestly admitted that the play calling has been asked. And he's like, I we were talking internally about giving up my play calling duties. So dude, I'm just saying if they give up those play calling duties, I know they won 13 games last year, but if they realize something and if nothing's working right now and he gives up those play calling duties, I, mean, I can only think that as a positive, not a negative. So I like that. 
Saints offense, I just absolutely fade right now. Dalton slated to start, but he's been questionable all week with the back injury. No Michael Thomas yet again. No Jarvis Landry yet again. Their wide, core, their wide receiver core absolutely sucks outside of Olave, who should be making his return this week. But look, here's the numbers here. New Orleans is dead last in the league in the turnover differential. Tell me that doesn't smell like a great opportunity for this D that has been up and down for Arizona and has a plus two turnover differential, which is top 10 in the NFL. I think that the turnover differential is going to be massive this week. You get a home game at, you know, on a short week. I think it's on prime time. Of course, feels like a great spot at home for Arizona to write the ship again against a banged up new Orleans team. That simply just isn't that good. So give me the Cardinals minus one. I would take the two and a half as well, honestly, but in uh, nothing beyond two and a half. Yeah, for, for the listeners, you know, that aren't able to get closing line value, that aren't taking these lines right when they open up on Monday or Tuesday, um, I would say don't be afraid to add these closing line values into teasers. You you if 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 you're sitting there looking at minus two and a half, you know, pick pick a side on the over or under that you like and and throw six points uh, to the Cardinals and you're still getting through through three. You're getting through your multiple key numbers. You're getting through two, one, pick them and two, three on the other side. So I'm don't be afraid. Not the biggest to, proponent of that on teasers personally, but I mean, there's certainly value there, but getting through those numbers, Jared, what does your analytics say? I know you're the analytics guy. What does your analytics say on taking a favorite teasing them? as like a three point favorite down to like a plus three favorite or yeah. two and a half is the key here. Two and a half is the key, not three. The math has always just said, just plain and simple that um, the only teasers that just hit at a uh, plus EV clip in totality are ones that go through three, six, seven, and then ideally eight, so two and a half to eight and a half is the most valuable teaser you can get and vice versa. Um, but I mean, Hey, if you're feeling them in different ways, you can sprinkle them in every now and then. I mean, that's, it. that's kind of why we bet, but I mean, the math, the math says those are quote, they're called Wong teasers, the Wong teasers, uh, through those main key numbers are the ones that are the most profitable. Okay. I'm, I appreciate the insight. Hey, Wes, I just wanted to, cause you know, he's the analytics guy on our, on our squad. So wanted to make sure that he chimed in there, but look, if you're feeling a certain thing, you feel a certain thing. If you feel that your projections are showing that this team is easily like the projections show that at plus three, when you have them, when they're currently minus two and a half in the teaser, you know, you got to take whatever you, the projections will tell you, but keep going. I agree. I'm just saying that when when a casual better listens to this on Friday or I mean, listens to this tomorrow morning and they they lose a point and a half of value. Don't be afraid to add the when you lose value on our plays. Don't be afraid to add a teaser to that play. If you're getting through key numbers, that was my point to try and help the the casual betters still be on the same side as us, even though they're losing some in sometimes multiple points of value. On I the got team that we're betting. Yeah, no, that, that makes that was, sense. Yeah, no, and, I, I like where, I like where your head's at. It was more so for educational yeah. purposes, which is great. So, what what are you thinking in this game? So I am not taking a side. I'm sticking on my, I'm sticking on a lean that I had last week that helped me um, get somewhere near close to even, and that was no James Connor. 
Kyler Murray rushing yards. What did he do? He went out and he had 10 rushes for 100 yards last week. We had back-to-back DNPs from James Conner this week. If he does play, he'll be very limited with that rib issue. He's going to go through fatigue of not practicing for multiple weeks. So even if he does play, I wouldn't be afraid to play Kyler Murray at over 33 and a half rushing yards. I think this number did not inflate as much as it should have. Uh, com- basic after having a hundred yard ru- rushing week with 10 attempts last week. So I'm going to go Kyler Murray over 30, 33 and a half rushing yards to keep with my Thursday night overs uh, and give the people what they want. But I do have a couple leans I wanted to talk about. Um, one of the biggest things this offense has seen being the Cardinals is they got Rondell Moore back. He's gotten double digit targets in back-to-back weeks. Um, I think D hop just opens him up even more. It's sitting at four and a half at minus one fifty five right now. Um, I think that's good value. Um, four and four and a half on all. Again, we've talked about on this show before the efficiency of targets uh, with a low a dot and Rondo Morris coming in at like a three point something a dot. Uh, so better I, than I like last year's over. like one point two. So he'll take it for what it's worth. Exactly. And but I and think with, yeah, I can I can almost pick up your handicap from here, which yeah. is the fact that you know the. They lost their number one receiver in Hollywood Brown. Obviously, D-Hop takes that spot, but then they go out and trade for Robbie Anderson, and he's not going to be acclimated completely to the to the playbook. So he would be probably one of the one slot guys you would put out there because it's not going to be A.J. Green. So guess what? Who's going to own the slot? It's going to be Rondell Moore. It's going to be Rondell Moore. And I think Robbie will be inactive this week. I couldn't imagine him playing on a short week after getting picked up on, on Monday, but um, a couple more things I would be looking at taking advantage of Taysom Hills under his line has been super inflated. If we think that the Cardinals come out and just, you know, you know, cream them, cream pie them per se. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see Taysom Hill getting 10 rushing attempts. Um, and if he does get rushing attempts, it's on the goal line where he can't break away for a 60 yard run. I think I saw like 43 and a half was his rushing line. So, you know, don't be afraid to take advantage of that under in a game script that might have the saints not relying on him rushing as much as we thought we would see in a normal game. I think maybe, that's good. Maybe it. carries. Maybe I think that's carries good. If you can get carries. No, I like, like the yards more. I think that's good insight. JP, what do you think about Thursday night football? Yeah. Fresh Hopkins. Uh, if anything, I, I hate laying points with the Cardinals, but I got to lean that way on a short week at home under a field goal with all the saints injuries, especially without Lattimore. So, uh, but mostly I'm just hoping that Connors and, and Williams will be out again. And I'm going to go right back to, you know, Benjamin, Props. I mean, for the usage he had last week, he didn't even um, put up the numbers that he should have. So I think we'll get lower numbers than we should if both of those guys are out again, because I think he had like played like 88% of the running back carries, which is abssurdly good usage. And I'd be happy to go right back to the well with him. Yeah, I believe I five targets too. I was going to say, I think he ran routes on 78% of dropbacks. That's what you want to see in a receive in a running back as in a receiver role. So reception is certainly something to eye. All right, well, let's keep it rolling here. We got the Detroit Lions plus seven and a half at the Dallas Cowboys. Looks like Dak is going to be back here. They're getting seven and a half, or they're laying seven and a half, I should say. Over-under is 49, one of the higher ones of the week. Certainly two of the high-flying offenses 
and Dallas's D looks good, but I don't know. I think that seven and a half is certainly a lot to lay with not knowing exactly how this offense is going to function with Dak back under the helm. Jared, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, heavy lean to the lines here off the break. It does scare the shit out of me when my brother likes a dog because that's uh, extremely, extremely rare. So, but um, with that said, over over a touchdown is a lot of points with that offense, even though their defense is some is Swiss cheese. But I always lean to teams off a of bye going against a team that isn't off a of bye. Getting back Swift, getting back um, St. Brown, completely healthy. Uh, I really I like the Lions here if you're getting the hook. Yeah, he took part of my handicap out right the words right out of my mouth. Detroit off a of bye. Literally my first bullet point. Off a of bye should be getting Swift and Amon Ra back to full health. Locked and loaded on offense, which has already been a top 10 offense in the NFL this year. But I expect some early woes on Dallas's offenses as well with as Dak makes his return. But like the other thing that I wanted to talk about in this game is if there's any one unit you want to be solid against Dallas, what do you think it would be, Jared? One unit. You want it to be the best that it can be against Detroit or against Dallas. What what's that unit that you want it to be? Two unit play? Just kidding. Um uh, I mean, I'm presuming you're going to say your offense if you're liking the Lions. So. No, the, the unit is the offensive line, which ranks top five in the NFL right now with Decker, Jackson, and Penny Sewell. That's going to help contain Parsons in that turnover happy defense. So that's a big part of my handicap. You're getting one of the top five offensive lines in the NFL against one of the best defensive lines. Look, the reason that Dallas has been so fucking proud and happy fat and happy as my brother likes to say it is because that D line is the reason that they're winning games. I get Cooper rush. Wasn't doing anything. Their defense was winning games and their secondary hasn't even been that good. I ran through the numbers. The reason why is their defensive line, but now they're running into a top five offensive line. I think that that's the perfect thing that is going to negate an opportunity for Dallas to absolutely tear this game apart. And for those reasons, I think Detroit plus seven and a half, Screams of value. So I am in on Detroit plus seven and a half. Bird Dog, what are you seeing here, buddy? I, I just want to applaud you for digging into the stats. And I want to tell the listeners if there's one stat that you look at uh, when you're handicapping a side, a, spe- a spread specifically, is your offensive and defensive line battle. The trenches are the most important part of the NFL, you know formula per se uh handicapping uh and i i loved it that you're on the same side as me i'm i'm taking the lions with the hook you give me a hook here i listen i've been the most successful this year taking points and getting through key numbers and if i'm getting through seven with a hook um i'm i'm gonna take it that's i'm gonna try to stick to that uh sort of uh formula when it comes to con continuing uh, to handicap throughout the season. Underdogs on the spread of seven or more are hitting at like a 70% clip. It's been freaking insane. I mean, it's, it's the NFL baby. Anything can happen, but I I do want to hit on the fact that this team was much, much more explosive when it had Deandre Swift in the lineup, their first and a monorail. But yeah, and yeah, when both of those guys are healthy, this team has lit it up on offense. I think they can hang with Dallas. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of rust out of Dak Prescott. QBs coming off of hand injuries never seem to have uh, the same oomph. Per no, se. no, no, no. They never have to seem 
they never seem to have the same grasp on the game. <laughs> Badum, hit that, uh, <laughs> hit that little drum roll. But yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of rust out of Dak. I think it's going to take a week or two to hit for him to get back into full swing. But again, I'm getting, I'm getting through seven plus a hook. So I'm taking it. All right, real quick. I'm just going to, it's going to be, you know, quick, uh, rapid fire over under 49 and a half or 49 over lines over shared over 49. I'm out. I have no feel on that. I'm saying, what would you like snap call over under gun to your head? Pull the trigger. (laughs) <laughs> do yourself a favor i love it okay i, I, be, I believe the total combined average of lions games is like 61 points <laughs> yeah i mean i just really i'm very, very bullish on the dallas defense so that's what scares me huh. well <laughs> excuse me everybody well that's what i was talking about when it came to the o-line d-line mismatch but anyways we'll move forward to the new york football giants five and one Biggest anomaly of the NFL right now. Plus three at Jacksonville over under 42. Again, I got another play here. So I got to start us off here. You know, I'm going to die on this fucking hill. I don't care how like disgustingly gross my death is, but I'm going to die on that hill. Like just rob me into the ground. But the Giants are just a fraudulent train. And I'm going to ride that train until the wheels fall off. Their offense sucks. It does sucks. They're D solid, but my God, how long is Reggie James and Wandell Moore and Cody Bellinger? I don't even know what the fuck his first name is. Going to keep squeaking out close game W's. They rank 18th in the NFL in points per game. That's just an anomaly. Saquon's banged up this week with a shoulder injury, adding insult to injury. LOL. Expecting a huge day, personally, the edge I see here is the huge day is going to come out of the Jags run game, tandem of Etienne and J-Rob. Giants bottom five in the NFL in rush yards allowed per game with 144 rushing yards per game. That should open up the field for Trevor Lawrence as well. Christian Kirk probably going to have a game, something to eye in the prop market. I mean, another thing to eye in the prop market Evan Ingram revenge game against the New York Giants who have averaged the fourth most catches to tight ends in the NFL this year so far. So I think that, I mean, those are prop things, but I think this Giants team just fraudulent. I'm out. JP, what do you think? Jags minus three. Yeah, I mean, this is just a sharp line. Um, this is one where you'd hope it would be around a pick them and I'd be on your side, but at the three, I just have absolutely nothing in this game. Burn dog. Yeah, I said it. I said it in uh, talking about the teams that I hate the Giants. I'm out. Uh, the Jags have been almost as bad in terms of uh, getting a read on them this season. I don't know who's going to show up. And for that reason, I'm out. All right. I'm on a lone island here, but give me the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three. We move to a nether AFC South matchup here with the Colts getting two points at the Tennessee Titans over under 42 and a half. Wesley, Colts Titans, excuse me. 
Yeah, this is going to be my lone over under play here. I'm actually going to go with the over 42 and a half here. The AFC South, just when they play each other, teams just seem to light it up every single time. The Colts defense has not been what we thought it would be. Um, you know, we know that Tennessee can score. I expect them to put up, you know, tw- three touchdowns. So um, I'm going to ride the over here on just kind of a gut, a gut call that this division matchup gets ugly. Teams start, I mean, uh, you know, maybe a couple defensive touchdowns, something of that nature. And I, I think it's just going to be a back in a desperate back and forth between both teams of who can put up the most points because neither defense is very good. Yeah. One thing I'll throw out there statistically wise is that the Indianapolis Colts threw the ball 37 attempts by Matt Ryan in the first half of the last game. And they weren't even down much kind of crazy. They're very pass happy offense so that should go in your favor jp colts at titans i don't know i got this gut feeling that you like the titans this week yeah well they say you got a big gut and i don't know why because you're wrong uh everyone knows i have a bias against them i still think colts are the better team um and i'd be looking to play this in a teaser i'm gonna see where this line kind of settles but I mean, I just, I think the one way you can really take advantage of the Colts is a really strong D line. And uh, so, I mean, the preseason, which is one of the main reasons I was bearish on them, lost Landry. They're banged up on the D line. Um, it was great to see Matt Ryan bounce back last week, look like the Matt Ryan of old. Um, I mean, I think the Colts went out right here and, and I like them. Uh, Tennessee's best pass rusher. I can't remember his name. Maybe one of you can help me. He's supposed to be back this week. He hasn't played pretty much all year. Throw it out there. If not, we will move on, but he is one of the top 10 pass rushers in the NFL. All right. That's just completely made up. Then if you don't know his name and Tennessee does, I mean, their best pass rusher, they lost preseason for the year. So. I'll look it up and I'll, I will come back to you. I'm not going to stall the show, but I guarantee that I am correct. Uh, Bud Dupree just hit me. A top 10. Oof. You're talking five years ago, buddy. What are you, Bud Dupree? What the fuck? He's a top 15, maybe. It was awful last year, but continue. Oh, that's it. I mean, I like Bud Dupree coming back. And I think that that's huge for the Titans. I'm leaning Titans. I really want to pull the trigger here. It's, it's I'm seeing a minus two. Man, I don't think this indie team, they are just not that good. It's okay. We're going, and hey, again, you know what? We're almost halfway through the one o'clock slate. Let's get a quick plug in. Don't forget that this is the Payskin Preview presented and sponsored by Tanks Solar Solutions. Help the earth, help your wallet, tell the farmer, fade the monopolies. Good luck to all. On top of that, I think that. I am going to, uh, I forgot what I was going to say after that. So it's okay, but I got the plug in. We'll move on to the next bet. We got the Falcons plus six at the Bengals minus six over under 47. I don't have a singular play here. Might have a prop opportunity that I could talk about, but Wes, I feel like you have talked about the Falcons all year long. And guess what? The Falcons have been plus six every single week of this season, I think. 
every single week if they if they don't get more points than that. And for that reason, I'm I'm going two unit banger on Atlanta Falcons plus six. Because why not? Since he hasn't looked very good this season, they barely squeaked out a win against a battered and banged up Saints team. Um, I'm going back to the well with Atlanta. Their offense is there. Even when they lose Cordell Patterson, they find a way to run the ball uh, with a combination of Huntley and Tyler Algier. Marcus Mariota has been getting a little bit extra on the ground. So, I mean, I, I, I don't see the Bengals coming out and blowing, blowing this Atlanta Falcons team out of the water. So give me the points. Jared, my question to you is, is Cincinnati good or not? No. I mean, they're just like 20 other teams in the NFL. They could. But they went to the one. Super Bowl last year. Like, are they good or are they not? I mean, you can't ask me a question and let me finish, Brandon. So no, I'm no, no. The I, I was just trying to specify my question. There's 20 teams that are all the same. And if the football bounces to one of those teams' way, more times than others, like it happened with the Bengals last year. Guess what? You can make a run of the Super Bowl. That's football. All these teams are so damn close. The parody's insane. So answer your question. I don't know. Are they? They're just like 19 other teams. So what do you like? Oh, yeah. I'm on the Falcons again. I mean, you don't get off the train once you're on it. I mean, this is I've been on the bandwagon since week one. I got over four and a half wins preseason. We just we're two away from a cash already. They they could be six and zero. They've been in every game they've played. They've been playing good teams well. Um, they just have a good style of football that I like. So I'm on the Falcons plus six for sure. Wow, two guys on the Atlanta Falcons again to go what seven and zero against the spread. That'd be quite the story. I agree with you guys. I don't think the Bengals are all they have been meant out to be. All right. A team that I just spoke about is my least favorite. The Baltimore Ravens are laying six and a half at home against the Cleveland Browns over under 45 and a half. I just, I, after Cleveland's outing last week, I want to take Baltimore, but man, Baltimore can't stop anybody on the run and they can't run the ball themselves. It's the weirdest anomaly of all time for a Baltimore team led by Jim Harbaugh when Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, like they don't run the ball anymore. Their run game is atrocious. And on top of that, Lamar not practicing this week so far with an injury. Mark Andrews not practicing with a knee injury, which is I think the most important thing, but Rashad Bateman has been back to practice and I think he'll be playing this week. And I think they need that big time. They have no weapons. Anyways, I'm getting a little bit long-winded. Jared, Cleveland plus six and a half. Ravens minus six and a half. I don't know. I'm this to me is a wash game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't have much of a read on the bank. Nice teaser play, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I just have no faith in the Baltimore Ravens right now. They're just not playing um good football. Lamar is banged up. Uh, this is a, a total layoff for me. Bird dog, anything? Yeah, wash wash game for me as well. I mean, if there was no – if Mark Andrews gets ruled out, I'd be looking at the rounds with the points because, I mean, he's just the most important part of that passing offense. But outside of that, I don't, I don't want to touch this game. We don't have to. Buccaneers at – the Carolina Panthers, I mentioned them as a team that is a foe of mine. 
They are laying 11 points over unders 40 and a half, one of the lowest of the week. I honestly have zero interest in this game whatsoever. I think this is a great DraftKings stack, certainly for Tampa, but I am worried about blowout, blowout possibilities here. I don't know how I take the sign. Honestly, I think I kind of like Bucks minus 11, but it's not something I pulled the trigger on. So, Burn Dog, what do you think? I think that if you're betting on this game, you fucking hate yourself and you just want you're you're fucking uh, a misogynist or what 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 or what's it called when you like pain? Actually, uh, masochist. Yeah, masochist. There we go. Yeah, if if you're betting on this game, you're a masochist and you you want to give yourself fucking pain because I want nothing to do with either side of this, especially after watching the Bucks come out and just absolutely flop on the road in Tampa. Now they're on the road with another double digit favorite spread interdivisionally. No, I, you like pain if you're betting on this. JP, the masochist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with Wes on this. I, I, when, when they're that ugly, uh, I lean to Carolina, but I've already talked about how much they've burned me this year. Um, so well, just like last week, even though I like them with the number, I got to see something from them first. I'm out. Understandable. Team's awful. Burned dog, what's the uh, next game on the slate, my man? Next game on the slate is going. Next game on the slate is going to be Green Bay Packers minus five at the Washington Commanders. This game moved from minus five and a half uh, just tonight. So it seems like there's some sharps on the Commanders plus five. What are you guys thinking? I mean, I could start right off the bat. And this is the perfect teaser opportunity. Like, I think Green Bay is certainly, they have to win this game, like, you know, at home. In Lambeau, I think this is the perfect win opportunity for them. I don't know if I want to lay points based off how their offense has been playing this year, but I think that they're going to win this game. So I'll take them in a teaser opportunity down to a pick them, basically just to have them to win. And I don't know how you can lose that bet. I think it'd be an anomaly to lose that. So that's the first leg of one of my teasers. You might just lose it because Green Bay is going to Washington in this game. Even better. Because I fucking, what did I talk about? I hate the fucking commanders. They're fucking so bad. Got Taylor Heineke playing this week. Their team is awful. They Even Ron Rivera came out today and said, after Brian Robinson put up a phenomenal game, he's like, oh, I think we accidentally gave up on Antonio Brown in the first half. Keep playing Antonio Brown. He sucks. Keep playing him. Keep playing Robinson. Your whole old line sucks. You can't run the ball. Your whole fucking offense sucks. You can't get Terry McLaurin, the best player on your team, involved. Your offense is awful. Good luck against the Green Bay Packers secondary and defense. You're fucked. Green Bay is going to demolish them. You know what? Fuck that. I am adding right now Green Bay spread as well because they are going to walk into that stadium. Oh, my God. On top of that, with Snyder dealing with the fucking owners and he thinks he's the fucking hot shit that he could go and blacklist all of these different owners in the league. Guess what? They all got shit on you too, homie. And the reason this all came up was because you're the one under investigation. So fuck you, Snyder. You think you're so fucking cool. No, you suck. Washington sucks. Your team sucks. 
And guess what? You're going to lose value on this team. You know, Jared could talk about the value of this all day long from the and like from like a financial perspective, but guaranteed you're losing value by having Snyder as the owner of your team and your team sucks on top of that. And it's so bad that Carson Wentz is your number one quarterback and he's out six to eight weeks. So you got to go with Terrell Heineke who should have been the starter from the get go because he's better than him and he still sucks. So you guys all suck. Uh, okay, I'm done. I'm off the soapbox. That's it. I, I'm taking Green Bay spread, and I've got them in the teaser. That's my play. Yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty hard to see Antonio Brown making a comeback for the uh, for the commanders. But Antonio Gibson, yeah, he was playing well, uh, and they did not use him Well, he's got often. as much CTE as I do. Yeah. Either way, this is an absolute wash for me. What about you, Jared? Yeah, I'm not laying this many points with the Packers on the road. Um, they just have been very unimpressive. Uh, <clears throat> I, I mean, I think it's could be an upgrade for the commanders going from Wentz to Heineke. Heineke's very solid cornerback. If anything, I'm leaning to taking the points with the commanders, but I'm not betting on this game. Yeah, if you put a gun to my head and told me to pick a line, I'd have to pick under 41 and a half. Green Bay can't score, and Taylor Heineke is not going to have much more success than Wentz uh, against that stout Green Bay defense. That would be my lean. Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders. Houston Texans getting seven points. I've been all over the Houston Texans so far this year. I don't know. I've, I've got a weird feeling about this game. I think that Houston is coming off of a bye. I mean, a bye. Jared, you would you'd be better off than I would to speak on this, but a, a team that's at home off a bye, what do you think the like the percentages are there? Um, I actually used to run a, a spreadsheet, but this game doesn't count towards it because both teams are off a bye, so it's just omitted. But it used to be like home teams cover like 52% of the time off a of buy if they're a favorite. Okay. So Houston, now it's seven. I saw seven and a half as well. Raiders getting seven or laying seven at home over under 45 and a half. I lean the over here. These are two awful defenses and two high flying offenses. And not only high flying offenses, but two offenses that can easily turn the ball over and lead to defensive scores. Davis Mills, top three in the NFL in turnovers as a quarterback. Derek Carr, top 15. So I think that there's a great opportunity for this over. I'm leaning over. It's not an official play, but that's what where I'm at. Bird Dog, what do you like? Yeah, this is actually going to be the first leg of a teaser for me. I'm going to tease the home team off of a bye down to half a point. I like the Raiders coming off the bye here. Devontae Adams is going to play. His, he is not going to be suspended or face any discipline until the legal process takes hold. So for right now, we can expect Devontae Adams to play this week. I I, I think that this is a right to ship game against uh, a Houston team that just has been lackluster. You know, we, we thought they'd be covering a lot of spreads they've covered here and there, but you know, if I'm getting in the teaser, just the Raiders at home to win with a better offense and a better defense, I'm taking it. Interesting teaser opportunity, but I think that the Raiders at home 
those are one of the few opportunities that I would take to my advantage. I love it. One of the marquee matchups of the week of week seven is the Kansas City Chiefs minus two and a half at the San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs are laying two and a half points right now. Not even a field goal over under is 48 and a half, which is interesting to me for a 49ers offense that cannot move the ball. We've seen it the last two weeks. I mean, it's been ugly. They've been losing two bad teams. Bird dog, Chiefs minus two and a half. That screams value, doesn't it? Off of a loss. Up, oh, I was just telling Jared he was muted and I'm fucking muted. Well, either way, Jared, I want to hear you first. Tell me, describe to me how you like this Chiefs spread like you did in our personal group chat today. Sorry, say that again. I, 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 I want to hear you describe this Chiefs line. Well, like you did. I love the Chiefs today, but ever since we talked about earlier, all Jared, the, tell Jesse to shut up, please. All the 49ers are all the stud 49er players were practicing today, which scares the shit out of me. So, Jared, you got to mute the other. Well, I'll, 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 in his place, I'll give his uh, quote. It was Chiefs minus two and a half. Yummy, yummy. Come in my tummy. Clearly, the boys are on the Chiefs That's minus three. I sent, I sent that last night. I was like, Ooh, Chiefs minus three at San Fran. Like, doesn't that look good? And I was like, Jared, what do you think about that? He's like, what did he say? Yummy, yummy. Come in my tummy, baby. <laughs> He's swallowing all of the Chiefs minus three. All right. So I'm in on that as well. It seems like you are too. Give your cap. I'll get after it. And then Jared, after he uh, handles Tank Solar Solutions LLC. And don't remember, guys, or don't forget, I should say, is that you know, keep fading him, keep fading the monopolies. Good luck to all. Yeah. I mean, if you're honestly at this point, if you're getting under three points with the Chiefs, uh, I'm, I'm taking it. They're, they, they're a team that can win any week. They can play in uh, rough, you know, rough away team, um, you know, home field advantages. It's not something that will make Patrick Mahomes conditions in tough conditions, in in tough conditions. This team is well coached. It's well captained by their quarterback and their offense is starting to figure out that if you give Juju the fucking ball, then maybe he will fucking score. So um, I, I think they're putting it together. Travis Kelsey has been a fucking animal and I just think they're a better team than the 49ers. And because the line is under three, I'm going to take the chiefs minus two and a half. What about you, Brandon? I'm also on the chiefs minus two and a half and I'd take it up to three as well. Look, this is just a a spot start as the way I look at it. How often do you get a team that is top three best teams in the NFL? Look, I know it doesn't look like Kansas City is like the greatest team ever because they're four and two. Guess what? They're top three in the league in passing DVOA and top three in points scored per game. Their defense, you could argue, is hasn't been that good, but they're playing great teams. And that's the crazy part. Like they just came off of a game against Buffalo. Like, how often can you use those statistics against 
Buffalo when they just absolutely their offense is annihilating everybody. So I'm not going to worry too too deep about their defense, but I am going to focus on the offense and the offense is rolling right now. And I think the big thing to focus on here is the fact that San Francisco's defense is completely depleted. They don't have any of their top starters. Kinlaw out. It doesn't look like Bosa is going to play either. So that doesn't look good for them. And if they are depleted defensively, Good luck stopping this Kansas City offense where they are being able to toss the ball to anybody and anywhere that they want to. I think this is a great smash spot when you can get a field goal against a team that I don't think is even that good, especially, you know, think about San Francisco's offense on the other side of the ball and they're not good whatsoever. Like they have looked awful the last two two or three weeks under Jimmy G. And now we get them with Kansas City. I mean, this is a Super Bowl winning defense and they souped it up a little bit. It's not great, but that this offense, if this turns into a scoring fest is my point, and Kansas City scores too many points, how, how, Wesley, is San Francisco going to score enough points to battle with them? I don't think they are. I mean, Chiefs are number one in points scored per game, 29.8 points per game. I mean, their defense, like we said, hasn't been great. But when you look overall at their schedule, I mean, they held Arizona to 21 points. They held the Chargers offense early on, who everyone thought was going to be the, you know, the top of the the top of the food chain to 24. They held Indy to 20. Um, Tampa Bay. They gave up 31 points, but that was a blowout. And, you know, Tampa Bay kind of just scored points late in garbage time. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, which he, when the Chiefs were up 41 to 17. So, um, and then, you know, they end up beating Las Vegas 30 to 29. But I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest thing about them is they held the Chiefs to 24 points. So if you're holding Josh Allen to 24 points, that's a statement. I think that they can hold Jimmy G to, you know, under three touchdowns to, to get a win here. I agree. And I'm on the same page as you. If, if I was looking at a prop here until we get Jared back in here, just a quick filibuster, any prop that you think stands out more than others. I think that as a dog at home, Debo receptions looks interesting. For sure. I mean, it's probably very low just because Debo hasn't been Debo of late. Uh, Auk is starting to is starting to come on on that offense is uh, one of the biggest weapons, and I think that's all of the coverage that's been shifted towards Debo. So you know, honestly, my lean would be Auk yards. Personally, I I think that you'll get in a negative game script. So you're assuming they're down, so they have to throw more. No. Yeah. Yes. But also I just think that coverages are this season specifically. And what we've seen out of Debo is not what he's been for the past three seasons. And it's because coverages are keying in on him. There's no more Mike McDaniel. There's no more fucking guru to move fucking uh, Debo around. Like he used to be moved around. And I think Kyle Shanahan hasn't, uh, you know, adjusted. Yeah. uh, You picked up where Mike McDaniel left off in terms of, utilizing Debo the correct way and moving him in motion. So I just think that Debo draws more coverage. Ayuk is showing that he can be the guy for Jimmy G. And what we've seen for Jimmy G is when he finds a guy on this San Francisco offense, he goes to him. So um, you'll probably see uh, over 54 and a half or something like that from Brandon Ayuk. And I, if I had a prop lean, that's where I'd be looking. 
Yeah, one thing, last thing I want to say on on this matchup is like I love betting on good teams and disregarding the numbers because although data is great, it is deceiving at the same time in a game like this where from a season-long perspective, there's so many injuries on San Francisco's defensive side that it's so deceiving to act like and, be, and, and to tell everybody out there that, you know, San Francisco's got a top five defense in the league. You know what? They may have over the course of seven weeks or six weeks or so, but going into this game, maybe not exactly how things are shaking out. But last thing I want to ask you, and then we'll move. uh, We only have three games left is the over of 48 and a half. I mean, we don't usually see, Oh, well, no, I take it back. We usually see Kansas city with one of the top of the top three over unders of the week of the games that they're in. It's 48 and a half, which is also top three. Would is that something? I mean, I think we gotta start looking unders because like the, the market's telling us to. I mean, I it's a trap for me personally. I mean, we because you, you get a Bills Chiefs game where there's only 45 points scored from the two best offenses in the league, arguably. Uh, and then you get games like the Raiders game or the the Bucks game where there or the Arizona Cardinal game where there's over almost 60 points scored or, or over 60 points scored. So I think that this Chiefs de- Chiefs defense has been too fluky. Uh, if, if you put a gun to my head, I I would have to take over because we're getting 48 and a half. But my gut tells me that this is going to be a little bit more of a defensive game more than some people anticipate and that's why Vegas has adjusted so low already it when in doubt look to Vegas because they're usually right and if Vegas has adjusted the line down to 48 that means they got to lean on the under so I I don't I don't want I don't want a part of that just as an aside I have been thinking about fast food lately. It's something that's come to my mind. Someone brought it up to me lately. They're like, what's the most efficient fast food that you can get? And I started thinking about it. And it's like, dude, it can cost me $13 to get like a good meal at Chick-fil-A or at McDonald's. But I'm telling you, I can get a $6 full meal every single time at Pollo Tropical. I don't know how you beat it. I, I can't call that fast food, man. Every time you wait in that drive-thru, it's 45 minutes. You call and an order in. Yeah, I guess. Yes, if you're calling and ordering in, but who the fuck? No, nobody fucking does that. When it, Fast food is you go and you pick it up and you order there, in my opinion. Um, and So the, what's the it, most efficient company? Because they all suck. The most efficient way to get the best bang for your buck in fast food has to be the Taco Bell value meal. $6 box, you get a burrito or some sort of, you know, chalupa, etc. And then you get another burrito and then you get a taco and then you get either nachos or you get uh, the cinnamon. If twist, it doesn't have a crunch wrap, a I don't want it. I agree, but you said what's the best bang for your buck because you're spending $13 at McDonald's to get four things. I would say it has to be Taco Bell, $6 box. If I'm going to get one thing like one meal from any all right fast here food we go place. here we go here we talk go. about so i don't eat fast food whatsoever the only fast food i'll ever eat is probably chipotle and that's not Chick-fil-A. very often i'll eat chick-fil-a every so often i don't like i don't never go out of my way to eat fast food 
Uh, I like to cook myself. But here we go from a guy who is the fast food aficionado. Give me your top five fast food places from five to one. Can you hear me? You're back. I'm yeah, lagging. you're back. I'm top lagging. five fast food places suck. from five to one. What are the top five fast food places? From five, uh, I got to go. I got to start with Wendy's. You know, wow. Wendy's I mean, Wendy's is, top two. Bag. Wendy's is top two for me. No, no. Because there's honestly, there's not that many Wendy's when you look up, when you look at it, like at least in South Florida, like there's a Wendy's here and there, but usually yeah, but what makes somewhere. Wendy's so good? Like the chicken well, nuggets for sure. Spicy well, chicken nuggets. They, the chicken nuggets and they have the $5 biggie bag. But if you don't get like the value meal at Wendy's, it costs you $14 to get a fucking double cheeseburger with fucking whatever. You know what I mean? So for, for the value, I love Wendy's for their, for their cost, uh, for, in terms cost of overall, effectiveness. No, not, not cost effectiveness. Cause that's why they're five because they're not paying for your buck. They're not bang for your buck. They're great food, but it costs too much to get the things you want at Wendy's. And for that reason, it's number five. Number four is going to be Chick-fil-A because they're always there, but the line's too long. I love Chick-fil-A. It would be higher, but there's always so many fucking people there. And a study just came out. Chick-fil-A actually has the longest wait time when it comes to fast food restaurants. Bullshit. You think it's fast? I'm calling bullshit. You think it's fast? I'm calling bullshit. No, you think it's it's fast, but overall, when you factor in wait times from every restaurant. Exactly, because there's, there's so many people in line. There's so many people in you line. You think it but, goes fast, but overall wait time, it's not. And for that reason, it's number four. Yeah, but what number about three, quality of food? Well, I, I, I have different preferences than other people. <laughs> he doesn't care about the quality yeah, of food. Yeah. And All right, number, number, th- number three. Number three is get, just going to be a personal preference, and it's only in South Florida, but number three has to be Miami. Oh, best French fries in the world. Wait, wait, wait. You're cutting out. You're cutting out. sweet spot for for fries there so i'm going number three because if you don't add cheese to your miami sub orders you're a fucking loser number two (laughs) number two is old faithful old reliable that's mcdonald's it's always there for you when you need it and who doesn't love a fucking good mcflurry number one in my heart we were already talking about best bang for your buck and that's taco bell Taco Bell is there for you need when you need you like a fat girl at a bar when you're trying to get laid. It's <laughs> always there. And it's, fucking boy is a Baja Blast good, just like cream pie and a fat bitch. So <laughs> we're going, we're going Taco Bell number one, baby. Wow. Taco Bell takes number one, not due to the food, but due to the experience. The experience and the Baja Blast. <laughs> and also well, yeah, the ba- bang yeah, you're your basically buck. Baja blasting it to anybody that disagrees. Yeah, with you're you. Baja finger blasting the fat girl and you're enjoying it. So and, and you're getting the best bang for your buck. You know, you spent six dollars on two gin tonics for this fat girl, and she's already agreed to go home with you. So I mean, we're in there, baby. What about like 
All right, never mind. Well, we'll, we can talk about this at the end of the episode. All right, we've got a few more games to get by. Uh, Jared, you got something you want to say? Yeah, I'm back. (laughs) Finally, we had to do, we had to finger blast some fat chicks while you were gone. Sorry, guys. Solar Solutions can only afford to sponsor this podcast by doing work. So when I got to make a call, I got to make a call. Minus two and a half at San Francisco. Yeah, so as I was getting at a little earlier was that uh, the handicap answering Wes's call. I really like the Chiefs minus three. Uh, it's no secret I've been wanting to fade the 49ers. Worked out great with the Falcons last week, but I saw Bosa back practicing. I saw Trent Williams back practicing. And if those two beasts are back, um, I mean, that's why the line has moved from minus three to minus two and a half now. So uh, like it a little less. I'd um, still like the Chiefs off a win off the, um, or sorry, off a bad loss. Um, at home in a big game, they got to go out to the West coast, but they're the chiefs. I think I, I'm still not sold on the 49ers team, especially with their offense. So kind of like the chiefs, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get more information on, on these injuries for the 49ers. Fair enough. Well, we've got one more four o'clock game. We've got the Seattle sea chickens at the Los Angeles chargers. The sea chickens are getting six points yet again. Bird dog, another opportunity for you to ride the sea chickens when they're getting points. What are you going to do? Uh, slap a fucking pair of fucking feathers on me, and I'm just going to cluck cluck all the way to the fucking <laughs> bank, baby. Just sea chickens plus six. All day, baby. Justin Herbert sucks. And I'm quoting the farmer here. Is this your God? Is this your God that throws 57 passes and no touchdowns? Is this your God? It's not my God. Uh, call me fucking Jewish in, in Baruchata because I'm taking the sea chickens plus six. <laughs> Bro, keep going. I'm begging you. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> that was good. Sharon, how do you respond to that? Because he came right at your throat. I mean, it makes me want some fucking chicken. So give me the chickens as well. Plus six on the road here. I mean, I kind of want some Chick-fil-A. Luckily it's not Sunday. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, this Chargers team, short week, uh, brutal game. Chargers, it's pretty simple, man. When they're laying over a field goal, you, you fade them. When you know, when they're getting over a field goal, you back them. They just play close game after close game. They're not very good. Uh, their whole O line is just brutalized, beat up, worn out. And again, man, these line makers, they just don't want to give the Falcons, the Seahawks any credit. And I, I just think it's wrong. These spreads are too big. Do I think they win? No. Do I think it's a one possession game? Yes. Give me the plus six. I'm sorry. Uh, now that I'm Jewish, I had a little, uh, <laughs> phlegm in my, in my throat. Shabbat Shalom, but yeah. a two unit banger from the burn dog. No, I had to add that. Forgot about no, it. No, 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 no. I, I won't accept it. It's got to be a you and a banger. You and a banger. Right. Welcome to podcast. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks plus six at the Chargers. I don't know, man. This is a toughie for me. I think, you know what? I think that the Seattle Seahawks are a great parlay piece to win outright. I think it, that's where I'm going to go. I don't know if I want to take the plus six. I like the plus six, six and a half or seven, a little bit more important to me. The over under at 51 is very interesting because 
we've seen these two teams fly high, but we've also seen them, you know, skate low to the floor and I can see this going under. So I'm eyeing this under, to be honest with you. I don't often ride unders of over unders, but I think it's going to happen. Jared uh, bets coming in. So I hope you're listening and it's a double dip. So I'm going to send this over to the burn dog Pittsburgh plus seven Sunday night football at the Miami dolphins. So we're getting a lay seven and a half over under 45. Give me the best handicap you got while me and my brother put our bets in. Yeah. Well, I, I told you guys, you know, Justin Herbert, not my God. Know who my God is? To a tug of a law. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You say that again? Tug of a <laughs> I had to get the phlegm in there for you guys. But this is going to be the second piece of my six and a half point teaser. I'm getting another seven point home favorite down to a pick them. Uh, well, down to minus one, basically. Uh, and I'm, I'm taking Miami minus uh, a half here. Um, when Tua plays for us, we are a fucking dog. Tua, dog. Tua playing, give me the dog. fucking dog. G- give me Miami to win outright in my teaser. That's going to be Raiders at home minus a half, Miami at home minus a half, because dog. Honestly, Tua is a fucking dog. And this whole team changes when Tua's back because he's a dog. I'm interested about this game. I, You know what I'm going to do instead, though, Bird Dog? And this is the second leg of my teaser. And I took Green Bay down to win by or plus a half. And I'm going to do the same thing for minus a half of the Finns in a two-team leg teaser. I get Green Bay to win outright and the Dolphins to win outright. Tell me that that's stupid. Just tell me, honestly, is that stupid? It is not stupid. Can confirm. Okay. As long as I got confirmation from you, it makes me feel a lot better. Look, I mean, everybody out there, most of our listeners are Dolphins fans. You guys understand what's going on here. Two is coming back. And this offense is about to be high flying, sky riding, limousine. Right. We're back. Jared, you like that? Man, I'm loving the energy out of you at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Keep it up, kid. Wow, what do you like, kid? Yeah, I mean, if the line's seven and a half, I was seeing seven. Um, yeah, Vegas knows. Two is back. Uh, I think that teasing the Dolphins down to one and a half is a very, very good teaser leg. We just talked about long teasers. You want to get through the seven and the threes. And, uh, yeah, we're not losing this game. Um, I think we cover this spread by itself, but again, um, some injuries that are scaring me, I'll wait for some more information on that, but yeah, dolphins, uh, dolphins. And uh, let me look, uh, yeah, dolphins. Yeah. We're back on them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the same wavelength as you. My reservations are on the fact that Teron Armstead has not practiced this week, but that's okay. He never practices, especially on a Wednesday. We record these on a Wednesday. Him along with, you know, Xavier said he's going to play, which is phenomenal. We need to get Austin Jackson back. There's a lot of guys that we need. Cater Kahoo said that he was going to practice. 
Uh, Kalen on our defensive uh, back crew said he was like expecting to play. If everybody plays, I'm telling you right now out there, if you're not a Miami Dolphins fan, I'm, I just put my ear pods straight into my ears. Guess what? If you are not a Miami Dolphins fan and you don't know anything about this game, watch out. This defense is going to come flying at your face. You are fucked. You know, it's almost like it reminds me of the meteorologist when they were talking about that hurricane that was going to hit the northeast of Florida. He's like, if you live here, you're fucked. You're going to die. Guess what? I feel the same way about the Miami Dolphins defense coming at your offense if you don't have enough protection. So good luck, giddy up, and let's ride. Anybody else have any thoughts on that game? No, I just uh, I do need to say that my teaser is a two-unit banger, and it's always a two-unit banger. I'm always taking my teasers for two units. Um, forgot to mention that we're emphasizing units going forward, so got to put that out there. <laughs> Imagine the Dolphins losing this game. Okay, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Somehow you were able to clear con- concussion protocol in two days, but it took Teddy Bridgewater a week and he couldn't play that week. And Teddy, uh, uh, oh, and Tua had to take two weeks off. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound irregular to me, but I don't know. Who am I to, to talk? Uh, Monday Night Football, Chicago Bears plus nine at the New England pra- Patriots. The Patriots, let's go. Yeah, Jared, what do you got? Yeah, sorry. Um, I know we've. I heard a little opinion from you in this game, but um, I mean, I don't I do really have, have an opinion. I am leaning very, very strongly to if I find another six and a half point legs teaser that I'd like taking the Patriots down to two and a half here. Um, what do, what do I talk about nonstop? This was my big handicap for loving yeah, but under I- last week. When you have oh, this is my handicapper, and you can sit down and shut up. All right, you've been doing all that talking. Now you pause, you wait, and you can have your rebuttal in a little bit. But when Bill Belichick plays against one-dimensional teams, he locks them down. So what he does, that defense just dominates. Justin Fields has been getting demolished. Patriots defense looks good. Judo looks like one of the best DNs in the league. I just don't see how the balls, the Bears are going to move the ball. In this game, um, I don't know if I want to lay the nine, that's for sure. But if I can get under a field goal, I am interested. Am I allowed to talk? Now you are. Yeah, my handicap's done. Okay. Thank God. Because I love the Chicago Bears plus eight and a half. It is disgusting, but I don't know how I... I don't lay these points versus Mac Jones or Booba da Beppy, Zabba da Beppy. That offense is so awful. And Chicago's coming off of a mini buy here. I think that this is the perfect spot. Look, honestly, Chicago's defense has been incredible. Incredible for how bad Justin Fields has been and how awful this offense has been. I think that it's going to be very difficult or, or, it's going to be a complete Bill Belichick. He depletes something on this offense that completely initiates like turnovers, which he doesn't usually do. 
he just like kind of locks people down. But if he if his objective is to lock down Justin Fields and he throws the inter, I don't know. But I think eight and a half is enough points for them to keep this game close. I, I like Chicago plus eight and a half. And it's the first I've been betting against them all year. It's the first time I'm backing them. I like Chicago plus eight and a half here. JP, Wesley, anybody got something on the Monday night showdown? I Man, I was, just gave mine. Yeah, I was seriously considering Chicago under 15 and a half team. Yeah, it looks like we're having a little Wesley technical difficulties again. That is correct. Wesley, give that handicap again. I was seriously considering the under 15 and a half team total for Chicago. I really think this is a game like the Detroit New England game where New England's defense at home just puts up a goose egg. It's it's cold, cold fronts here. It's going to be cold in fucking New England. And uh, I, I honestly, if, if I get a 10 to one line on Chicago, zero to three. All right, JP Wesley. What is our bet the farm pick of the week? I I am leaning towards Cardinals. Like the sea chickens. Um, it's the only I mean, one I, mean, I recall that. We're no, all uh, Detroit. We all like Detroit. I like them too. Detroit plus seven and a half. I, I feel safer with the sea chickens, but I'm on Detroit, so let's let's go let's do Detroit. All right, Jared, you know the deal. Yeah, due to COVID protocols and us on Zoom, this is where we hypothetically lock hands, stare straight in the mirror, and we say the Detroit Lions and Dan the Man Campbell plus seven and a half is what we like to call a bet. Bet the farm. Bite them kneecaps, baby. Bite them kneecaps. <laughs>